Welcome to the Your Destiny Podcast. But today I wanted us to talk to you about uh, abundant life. Um, it's, I think it's just a wonderful promise. Jesus in John chapter 10 verse 10 says, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. I mean, it's just a wonderful promise. It's like you can imagine him just looking at us saying, I've come that you can have life and have it abundant. So the life that he wants to give us is just over and above that ever we've ever experienced. Abundantly means excessive, overflowing, surplus, over and above, more than enough, profuse, extraordinary, above the ordinary, more than suffice. I mean, it's just incredible. That's what he's saying to you. That's what he's promising. He's saying, the life I'm giving you is this. Um, and I think I'll just read it in the Amplified. Yeah, that might be better. <laughs> Thanks very much, Rachel. Thanks so much. That's very sensible. So John 10 verse 10 um, in the Amplified Version says, I came that you may have, may have and enjoy life. And you'll hear us talking a lot to you about just enjoy your Christian life. Just enjoy it. You know, it's fun. It's an incredible opportunity to have just fun with him. And the Holy Spirit is one who loves to play, and he likes a lot of fun. Okay? So he says, I've come that you may enjoy life and have it in abundance. That is, to the full, till it overflows. Now, sometimes we can feel in our life that, mm, I don't feel very abundant at the moment. You know, I've looked at my finances, and it's just a bit empty. <laughs> I've just lost my job. Where's my abundant life now? Um, I can't find any work. I'm trying to find a job, but I can't find work. Um, I've got relationships problems. And there's a lot of circumstances out there that can make you feel that you've not got this abundant life. And what have I got to do to find my abundant life? You know, sure, it's like, Jesus, you promised me it, but it seems a bit elusive and I can't get hold of it. So where is it then, Jesus? Have I got to do more praying? Have I got to do more Bible study? Have I got to do more fasting? Have I got to do more attacking in the en- you know, with the enemy? Is it the enemy is attacking me and I'm uh, oppressed? And, uh, you know, is there something wrong in my past life that's affecting me now? Is there a curse on me? And we, we search for all these things to try and work out why we don't have abundant life. And yet we come back to the promise. Jesus says, I've come that you may enjoy life and have it abundantly. So his promise is just fantastic. Now, the thing is with Jesus is that when he promises, you know, he keeps his promises. They're never given to us. And then we feel, I can't, I can't get it. He always keeps his promise to us. So let's see if we can look more now at this abundant life and what does it look like and how do we enjoy it and how do we take part in it. Just a reminder of Jacob's dream. Do you remember in the Old Testament, Genesis tw- uh, chapter 28, Jacob has a dream and he sees 
um, angels on a ladder coming up and down, doesn't he? And he's, a, he's asleep and he sees these angels going up and down between earth and heaven. And he wakes up and he says, this is none other than the house of God and the gate of heaven. So his dream makes him understand something about heaven, about earth. He sees that there's a gate and he sees that there's a, like these ladders between heaven and earth and he sees supernatural activity going on between heaven and earth. And he's saying, you know, this is the house of God. I must be in the house of God to have seen this and I must be seeing a gate into heaven. And it's a wonderful story about Jacob and his dream and there's many, many sermons done on it. And often we'll find ourselves as Christians going, how do I find that gate into heaven? You know, um, it feels very much in the area where I live that heaven's shut up. It's cold. It's, you can't get in there. It's closed and what have I got to do to open heaven? And we'll go into a lot of exercises. You know, we'll go into a lot of prayer and a lot of fasting, a lot of seeking God, a lot of pursuing open heaven, God. We want to open heaven, we want to open heaven. There's a lot of prayer going on, a lot of activity, you know, a lot of effort going on from our part to try and open heaven. And, and I suppose I've, I've become to feel that all of that activity and effort may be not necessary. Maybe what we need to do is change the way we think and we see something different. See, in John 1, verse 14, it says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that word dwelt means tabernacled, right? So it's the house of God. So Jesus becomes flesh and it says that he is the house of God. So the House of God has come amongst us. Then in John 1, verses 49 to 51, Jesus tells Nathanael that he would see heaven open and angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So it's interesting. Jacob's dream is fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus says he is the house of God. And he's saying upon Jesus... Angels will ascend and descend upon him. So that dream that Jacob had, his prophetic dream, is now fulfilled in Jesus, the whole spiritual activity going on over him. And of course, you can understand that with Jesus, can't we? You know, we just see him doing the supernatural stuff. We see him walking on water, raising the dead, um, preaching in such a way that people go, gosh, you speak with authority. They recognize authority in him. Uh, there's all of that activity spiritual activity going on with Jesus. And therefore, we understand that he's the house of God and also um, the angels, etc., ascending and descending on him. But the, what I find interesting is it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop at Jesus fulfilling that prophecy. Because in 1 Corinthians 3, 16... It says that we are the temple of God and that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. So all of a sudden, I've become the house of God. I'm his tabernacle. I'm his place where he lives, where he wants to be. And the Holy Spirit dwells with me. 
that, you know, the third person of the Trinity dwells within me. Holy Spirit's in me. So Jacob's prophetic dream of a gate into heaven and a house of God, an angelic activity, is fulfilled in Jesus and now is fulfilled in us. And I'd like to say to you that we have become the gate of heaven. We have become that gate into the kingdom. So I'm no longer trying to find an opening. I'm beginning to believe there's always an open heaven. And I'll talk about that later in another talk about uh, how heaven opened and it never shut. And when I begin to believe that heaven is open, that I walk in an open heaven, well, it changes things. Because now I expect to see angelic activity around my life. Now I expect to see angelic activity in my church. Now I expect to see the outpouring of God wherever I am, whether I'm at work, whether I'm at um, school, whether I'm in church. I expect to see God at work because I am now this gateway of heaven. I walk, as I walk around, heaven comes with me. I am a citizen of heaven. I'm a, you know, a citizen of the kingdom. And therefore, kingdom activity can take place. While I'm in a mode of thinking, which is heaven's closed, and I've got to do something to try and open heaven, then my focus is on that. Whereas when I, it flips the other way, and my mind gets renewed, oh, now I can expect to see the activity of God and the wonderful things that Holy Spirit likes to do. So I'd like to say I'm the gate of heaven or the or his kingdom. And I'm no longer trying to find a portal into heaven. Because I am. I'm no longer trying to find a way into relationship with Jesus. I am in relationship with him. The minute I just acknowledge him, I'm in heaven. And we'll talk about being a new creation. And we'll talk about being, you know, um, in the instant you gave your life to Jesus, you became something totally new totally completely new and you're no longer you you are a citizen of heaven having an earthly experience not an earthly person having an experience of heaven it flips it completely when i start to see where my real life comes from and it comes from heaven i am grafted into the vine i am i'm not trying to be grafted in i got grafted in <laughs> by Jesus and I'm part of it and the life that's in Jesus flows in me I, it, I can't stop it it always does right Romans 14 verse 17 says that the kingdom of God is righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit so wherever Holy Spirit is kingdom of God is where's Holy Spirit is in you it was the father's gift to us remember Jesus told the disciples wait in Jerusalem for the gift of the Father. A loving Father wanted to give a gift to his children. And he gave the best gift, which was, of course, himself in the Holy Spirit. Incredible gift given to us. Incredible gift. I'll give you the gift of the Father. And they received it. And it just changed them. Didn't it? They were just revolutionized. 
because they began to believe in a different way. Do you remember um, the, the paralyzed guy that was at the, at the gate, um, you know, asking for money? And Peter says to him, you know, I haven't got any money, but I'm going to give you what I've got in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. And he gets up and walks. That um, I wasn't able to put it together in time, but there's a there was a lovely clip on um, uh, Facebook the other day of a woman who has had you know, motor neuron disease. Is that a, is that something? Yes, which meant that she was um, nearly paralysed. She had uh, calipers on her legs, and she was pushed around a wheelchair. Had these calipers on her legs, and she'd been like that for forty seven years. Um, and the, the clip on, on Facebook, I don't know the name of the guy, but he looked like an African Benny Hinn. He wore a white uh, suit in the middle of everybody with black faces. You know, he <laughs> really did stand out. But in the name of Jesus, he just said to the woman, in the name of Jesus now, get up and walk. He took the calipers off her. She stood out of the wheelchair, walked, ran, and pushed a wheelchair home and just singing, saying, Jesus is wonderful, Jesus is wonderful, right? It's the same thing as what Peter did at that, with that paralyzed man. He knew what he had in him. He just gave it away. And so I'd like to think by the end of our destiny, you'll know what you've got in it and you'll just give it away, right? You'll start to believe, I've got this. You know, it's in me. I'm going to try and get it. It's already there. I'm going to give it away now, right? And that change of belief in us as our thinking changes and we begin to say oh gosh it's in me he's in me everything is is there i've got to try find this stuff it's here it changes the way that you approach somebody when you pray for them because now there's an expectation that they're going to something's going to happen it is going to happen because i'm praying right um jesus brought the kingdom of heaven to earth of course didn't he but he left it unseen. It's not, you can't like see the kingdom. It's unseen, it's hidden. And God seems to love to do this. He loves to hide stuff so that we would pursue it and find it. Now that pursuing is really only relationship. It's not the fretting and the making and doing something. It's relationship. It's in the relationship with Jesus that I find the gold of the kingdom. Just as Tim was saying, Ben was talking with authority because it came out of relationship. So, Father hides things um, so that we could find them, okay? And it's a bit like that with the kingdom. He hides it for his kids to find. You're his kids. You've got the great pleasure of finding it all and enjoying it all. It's a bit like the Narnia stories. You know, they come through the wardrobe and they see the sign there, you know. So, you know, they're in Narnia. And there is Carpervel right in the distance. And everything from Carpervel right through to the wardrobe is Narnia. And you get to experience it all. And that's, you may be in different places along this journey, but you get to experience it all. And that's what I want to try and put over to you. This is where the abundant life is. It is experiencing this of God. This is the abundant life. This is the over and above. This is the one that is just incredible. You know, 
I've been a Christian now 40 odd years. It's just stunning every time experiencing him, knowing him. You know, I break my shoulder. The night I break my shoulder, he gives me a, a dream in which two angels come and put their hands on my shoulder and say, be reassured, Alan, everything's going to be all right. You think, oh, gosh, it just even happens when you're not expecting it. Do you get what I mean? The, this life that you have been given by Jesus is just wonderful. And as you get hold of it and believe it, you start to see more of it, to be honest with you. That's the wonderful thing. It's a bit like favor. I went on holiday with June Richards. I'm not sure whether June is going to be able to come into school or not, but she's in her 70s now. And she's had an apostolic gift on her all her life. Um, I go on holiday with her, and she's teaching me about favor all the time. You know, the little things. Look for the little things, Alan. You know, um, I'll give you an example. Uh, we wanted to, we were in Las Vegas, and we wanted to have a, a meal in the Paris Hotel. But to be able to look over the Bellagio fountains so that we could sit and have our meal. And look over. So if you go there, the Paris Hotel has these glass window, glass doors that they've opened up. And then there's these tables in strategic positions so that you can look over them. But they're like reserved for the, the rich. <laughs> right. So we go into the Paris Hotel and June's there. And what if we were given one of those tables? And it's like, yes, that's the rich ones there. So we go, can we have a table, please? Just yes, so, you know, so it's like exaggerating in the corner, <laughs> you know, by the kitchen <laughs> over there. Stune goes, what about here? Oh, no, sorry, you can't have those. So she looks at her again. And the girl goes, well, I think you could have this table. <laughs> so we sat in the middle looking over the branch of fountains. What if? Favour. So June kept teaching me about just believe that favour will follow you. It's as you believe, you receive. See, belief is the key aspect of the kingdom. It's believing in what Jesus says. So it's believing that he's told you, I can have a good, you know, wonderful, abundant life. Well, believe it. When my mind is filled with doubt, I become a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And it's interesting how that just infiltrates us. And, you know, while we're... We'll be talking about how do we pray for people, how do we see healing, how do we um, pray for deliverance, all those sort of things we'll be talking about. But double-mindedness impacts us, tries to get in all the time. Do you really believe in what Jesus has said? Do you believe that you're full of the Holy, full of the Holy Spirit? Do you really believe it? <laughs> and your mind will play tricks on you. you know. Fortunately, we'll learn also that the grace of Jesus is the empowering presence of God that enables us to be all and do all that God wants us to do. And we realize it's him that brings everything. And even when we don't have this faith, he always does. And we'll learn things like that. But, you know, I'm just talking here about this double-mindedness that creeps in. And, you know, when Jesus promised you abundant life, he really did. And it's true. And you can enjoy it, okay? The interesting thing is that our abundant life, it's a person. 
you know, it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's <laughs> the abundant life. We, we unfortunately can separate it into a thing. Where is my abundant life? It must look like something. It's a, you know, I must be married, have children, I must have a house, I must have a job, I must have this, I must that. You know, if I had a big career, if I had all these things, then that's abundant life. But actually, it's a person. It's a three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's knowing them. And what abundant life is that? Knowing him. And when you look back, over, like I can look back over our church life over, you know, 37 years. I can see that abundant life coming all the time. I mean, look at the place we're in now. I mean, it's abundant. <laughs> we don't pay anything <laughs> to be here. It's abundant. Uh, just look at it. You can see what Dad does for you all the time as you have that opportunity to look back over your life. You can see it as he... Uh, works you through in your career. Uh, I mean, I'll talk to you about um, seeing the Holy Spirit at work in your job, uh, in your career. Uh, we're not all called to be a teamer working full-time in the church. Um, I have done. I've worked full-time in the church, and I've also worked uh, for as a civil engineer. Uh, and I know the, the presence of God in both, right? And I'll talk to you about it both. Because often... Especially when you come on Bible stools, it's like we become focused to become full-time for God. That's where the life must be. Oh, no, it's wherever you are is the life. Wherever you are, whatever he puts you in. My life was in sewage, in sewage treatment works. That's exciting. It's a wonderful place to meet Jesus down the sewers. <laughs> so, what I'm trying to say there is that, you know, it's you. It's what's in you that's the, that's the life. And it's him, of course. So what does that abundant life look like? It's wisdom. Um, I came to church two weeks ago. Was it? Week, week last Sunday. Um, and I said to you, all, please could you pray because I'm getting a lot of numbness in my hand. Um, and I don't quite know why it's happening, but really do. Since then, I have not had any, thank you very much. Now, how did the answer to that come? A word of wisdom from my wife. I was laid in bed, and of course, my arm's like this, and I haven't hold it, because it's, you know, I'm having to sleep at 45 degrees to get any sort of comfort. And she just said to me, Alan, do you think you could take your arm out of your sling? <gasps> oh, sweet, daft lady, what are you talking about? Take <laughs> my arm out of your sling. <laughs> just take your arm out and lay it down at your side. Okay, and I did, and I've been able to sleep with my arm out of the sling, and since then I've had no numbness. And it's just so it's a word of wisdom that came to Kath from abundant life that flows, and that answer to your prayers. So just thank you for that. Okay, um, love. Oh gosh, you'll experience love here. Uh, it'll just hit you. Love of. The Father, love of Jesus, love of the Holy Spirit, and love of people, it will just hit you. I've had it 37 years. It's just the most wonderful place of being loved. Um, and people come and don't want to leave because they just find love. That's not saying you can't have love anywhere else. But I'm just saying to you, abundant life looks like love. And what does love always do? It always says 
well done, cheers you on, always expects the good for you, always cheers you on and says, yes, you can do it. <laughs> always sees something good in you and says, come on, this is wonderful. And if you ever get close to Sharon, she'll say, and you can preach. Yeah, that's my wife who preached. You know, that's one of the first times she's done that. So, you know, she just goes for coffee, as she said, and then all of a sudden she's doing something because Sharon's just calling something out of her. You know, love does that. It's power. We'll talk about power, and we'll talk about how the Holy Spirit comes and he's given power to us. It's quite incredible that God would entrust power to us. You know, it's, the word is, uh, comes from the word dynamite. It's power like that. And you'll start to pray with people, and you'll see power occurring. Um, but it comes in such different ways. Uh, there was a girl who, on the school, her name was Faith, and uh, she went on one of the uh, short missions. And there was a lady who had um, tennis elbow, so that's a swelling of the elbow joint. It's very painful. And uh, so Faith and the other students prayed for her, and nothing much was happening. And we'll talk about how do we deal with that. Nothing much was happening. And then faith had this strange sort of prompt from the Holy Spirit. Do round and round a garden like a teddy bear. Now, it's a little story we have here for, for kids. So we go round and round the garden like a teddy bear, one step, two step, and a tickly, and we tickle them under their arms. And they all laugh. So she goes, okay, I'll do that then. So she goes round and round the garden like a teddy bear, feeling a bit silly, to be honest with you, but saying, okay, Holy Spirit, I think I'm following you. One step, and as soon as she said two step on the elbow, the pain instantly left and one was healed. And so you'll learn that power is different. <laughs> I think the Holy Spirit just has fun doing it different ways. I can show you a billion ways of how to do this. We expect it in this one way, and he just says, oh, no, I'm very creative and I can do it different ways. Now, what I want you to do is learn to follow me. Okay? It's full of hope. Your abundant life is full of hope. We speak to many people and they're just hopeless. They just have got no expectation of what the future is. But it's our abundant life is full of hope. It's full of blessing. The word's makarios. It means the life of the gods. When we're told to bless our enemies, it's the life of the gods, makarios. It means to bless them with that life of God. Now we'll, we'll see that he's put the life of the gods in you. Your, your scripture about the angels singing, holy, holy, holy. The thing is that he's made us holy. And they're singing over us, holy, 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 holy. Because that's what they see in us. Oh gosh, that's what's going on all the time. Because where are we? We are in heaven. Where is the angelic activity? It's over me and you. It's all it's occurring around us. Oh, gosh. And as we believe, so our eyes open and we begin to see it and we begin to act in it. I think we still, as a church, we still have to, to grow in this, to be honest, uh, ourselves. Um, I, I suppose I get a little bit frustrated when people tell me, I've seen an angel. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> what am I going to do with that then? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what to do with this. You know, I've seen these three angels. Oh, thank you. What does that mean then? So I'm still in the process of learning. <laughs> what do I do with that? But it's not that I don't believe it. I believe that they are seeing these angels. I mean, our kids are seeing them. That's the lovely thing. Um, 
But now I want to see, they're called ministering angels. So I want to see them in ministry and in what they're involved in. I have experienced that. Um, there was, I'll just give you this story. Um, I was asked to go and speak at a church in Stockport. Um, and uh, this was part of the Sacred Dance and Drama Group, so we'll talk about that another time. Uh, but I, I'd been given the opportunity to speak after we'd done some drama. So I was speaking. And I could sense this presence with me. Ah, knew it, right? We call it anointing, presence, all sorts of words we use for it. But. And then a lady said, I saw a, a big something behind you with a cloak putting over you as you were ministering. And I understood that was an angel. And when you listen to people, you know, um, who are quite effective in ministry, you'll talk, hear them talk about seeing ministering angels or healing angels coming, etc. So we as a church have got a lot more to learn in this area. But I'm th- saying to you, it's there. You know, we're experiencing it. Um, so I always feel that your mind is the gatekeeper to the kingdom. It's your mind that steps in and stops you from seeing something or doing something or believing something. Um, Fortunately, the grace of God, even in spite of it, he is able to do things. I remember Reginald East, he was a, um, a charismatic leader in this country quite a few years ago in the, in the 70s. And uh, a blind lady rang him up and said, please, would you pray for me? I'm blind, I'd like to see. And he says, look, I haven't got any faith to believe that I can pray down a telephone line and you'll get healed. And she said, oh, please pray. So he says, oh, Jesus, in your name, please heal her. Then all he hears is this scream at the other end as her eyes open and she could see. So the grace of God does incredible things even when we aren't believing. But what I want to emphasize is that as our minds are renewed and we see new things, we see the truth, it in, it's like we, it becomes the gate to more of heaven. It enables us to experience more of what Jesus is doing. And we'll have a session where we talk about um, how do I walk then continually in that kingdom? How do I see it in my everyday life? How do I experience it in my everyday life? But the wonderful thing is that God keeps breaking into us as a, as a group of people. Um, you know, I'll pass this little picture around. You're looking into somebody, one of our people who's in our congregation there, and there is these gold teeth that came. We all went to Toronto, and they, John Arnott prayed, and his teeth became gold. They are, aren't they? For long enough, he wouldn't let us look in his mouth. He was too embarrassed. Strange, you think he'd want to show it off, but he, he, he couldn't. Um, More and more of heaven keeps breaking in. And we've had gold appear. Um, June, for a while, used to collect it in a Bible. (laughs) Um, I remember being at work. um, I'd just been uh, working on the computer. So I'm sat at my computer screen. I'm doing my work. I'm just praying and worshipping as I'm doing my work. And I look down. All of a sudden, a large piece of gold-colored something appeared on the keyboard just in front of me. It's like, 
I've heard of it in church, but I've never heard of it in work. You know, when it was coming in work, uh, we've had times when oil has appeared on um, people's hands. Oil appeared on, um, you know, somebody's T-shirt. It's just like was soaked in this oil. Um, we've had sessions where, the, you know, the fragrance of, of Jesus just comes and it's just overwhelming. And you, ah, this wonderful perfumes coming into the room. Uh, we've had strange things as well, like paint tins that were empty, continually being able to paint a door with an empty paint tin. Uh, we've had strange things like locks that were bike locks that were no longer on the bike but were on the post and the bike was free. Uh, presence of God breaking into us um, because it's like we're in this kingdom and the kingdom breaks in. And yes, you'll hear the stories from Reading of Feathers Falling. We don't get anything like that. But we have other stuff happening, which just is quite mesmerizing, really, about what Jesus wants to do, about this abundant life that we all have. Um, so that's my little introduction really, to the abundant life. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.